This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash 365 and get on your way to being your best self. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when both people put in the work to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all of your relationships, whether with friends, work, your significant other, or anyone else. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com slash 365 today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 365. BetterHelp.com. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Our good buddy Josh Neighbors, Big 12 Watch over on Crystal Ball College Football. And Josh, um, I reached out to you because I'm I'm very curious to hear your uh, feelings. And we had Josh every week during football season and decided to give him some time to stretch his legs, you know, maybe get out and see the world do something, learn, learn something, maybe a new language. I don't know uh, what he's done since he's, he's last been on with us here uh, at 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock. But uh, the college football playoff uh, 5-7 model and now possible expansion past that as they try to negotiate the, the deal with ESPN. Your thoughts on what they've decided so far and what you think the future is? Yeah, uh, good to be with you guys. What was your all's favorite moment of the 12-team playoffs? <laughs> Do y'all have one? Man, it's so hard. There's so many, Josh. So many, <laughs> so many to sort ones, through. Right? Yeah. I love the very first meeting about it. I mean, yeah. I don't think we can ever go back to, like, the salad days of, you know, when they said, hey, let's maybe do this. Like, though, I, I felt we were innocent then, and now we've, we've, we've become so jaded. Yeah, uh, so I think I like the 5 plus 7. It just makes a lot of sense. I think in an era where we are we're starting to you know see, obviously, the separation of the top, like the power of two and whatnot. It's good to it's good to have a, a model that still doesn't include uh, you know some teams that I believe are worthwhile because you know I, I think about like the the idea of a 14 16 and also like the four automatic four automatic qualifiers I think about the Big Ten this year maybe in the future it'll be the case but like there were not four deserving Big Ten teams in this year um, and I just think about like how that result those results play out and I think even even you know even like if you were to say like, you know, 12 team this year, like I would have a really difficult time putting Oregon in this year. Like you had two big games and you lost them both. Like, why does that team deserve to play for national championship? So I think that there's ways to justify it, whatever, but I think a five plus seven does kind of allow you to have those arguments in a, in a good way. 14, 16 is not going to allow you to have those. And it's going to hurt the regular season, especially in those conferences. And um, to me, I like the five plus seven, but obviously it's overshadowed by the fact that, as separation grows, like it's it, five plus seven is just going to be a short term thing. It feels like, um, because if the ACC and the big 12 and everybody else don't like what the big 10 and the SEC are doing, they can go and they can go and do their own thing, which it'll do big numbers, but I actually don't know how long it will do big numbers for, because 
I'm a big picture guy. Is a big picture. That's kind of my. That's kind of my thought process. Is like college football needs regionality to make the sport matter. You can't just tell the entire Big Twelve they don't matter and they don't factor in. Why would they watch Alabama versus Clemson? Like if I want to watch hell of football, I'll just do it on Sundays. So you aren't giving me the top level, and my teams have nothing to do with the teams that you have playing. So like if it's not the elite of the elite, and K State can't play these teams, why should K State fans care about those teams? It's kind of my big question about all of this. And I think it's where we have to be careful about the big breakaway that's happening. Cause like you tear the fabric of college football enough, you tear it apart. You're going to lose part of what actually makes it college football. Yeah. The only thing I could think Josh is that uh, the networks look at like getting 10 million plus for this Michigan versus whoever game. And, and they, they feel like, or at least the rationale that I see most of the time is, right. um, okay, we'll lose a few hundred thousand people that otherwise wouldn't watch, but we're still going to get 9 million for, for this game. And so I guess it's, a, it's the trade off perhaps that they feel is worth it. But I just don't know to your point of like why you would want to alienate anybody, especially when you're so starved for content and we know that you're going to want more and more and more games. So yeah, it just doesn't, make a lot of sense to run off some of your customers even if you're still going to have a lot of customers left over and so i want to use the it's a good point about like michigan playing this team but if you make every game that it becomes less special right so like what made alabama and and michigan the juggernaut that it was michigan versus bama in the rose bowl in a semifinal game right all of those things coalesced to make it the game was Bama versus Michigan special, but if you just give me Bama, if you, if you give me steak every single night of the week, like some people, are like, I, I could do it, I could do it, yeah. But like eventually, it's it's not going to be as good anymore. There's, there's certain things that make you know you have to make stuff special. And the thing about Michigan this year, like think about Michigan. Michigan played three, honestly, three big games, right? They played Penn State, they played Ohio State, four, uh, Michigan and uh, um, Alabama in the championship game. But like they, the the Big Ten championship game didn't mean anything. That was that was a meaningless game, right? A Maryland game was somewhat close. But like the, the big games are big because they have some meaning, and you need to make sure the games have meaning. If you oversaturate, if you just give me Oregon Alabama every week, give me Oregon Washington uh, and Alabama USC, like it sounds good in principle in theory. But like when USC is like they were last year and they're seven and four and they're playing Alabama and like, why should everybody actually care? It sounds really good, but I, I, I really do question in practice. Can you give all of these great games every single week, uh, great games every single week? Cause it's not the NFL. It's, it's not the NFL. It's not the highest level of football. And so I, I actually wonder if you can do it. And like, if at some point is there are diminishing returns, yeah, there is, you know, look, it, uh, there's a lot of schools that thought that every, like the 12-team playoffs should make everything better, right? It should. It's more inclusive. It's more expansive. But then when you start, Josh, letting TV executives make these these decisions and telling the conference commissioners what they want, to me, that's where you get into the slippery slope of they're just going, all right, we know that Georgia gets – an average of six million, and that yes. uh, Ohio State gets an average of six million. So if we put them together, that'll be twelve million, right? Or somewhere right. in that realm, and that's what we want to do. And then you you do you get to the point of like, well, you know, you know, when Ohio State, you know, play that game, um, you know, against the you know one of those Big Twelve teams in the bowl, that that uh, pretty good ratings too. So you know, you're you're kind of you know, betting on something that may not necessarily be what you think it is all the time. And, and also you have to factor in, like, soccer's a good example. I'm not sure if you guys are soccer fans at all. But 
Champions League, it, it does great ratings. It's like one of the biggest things across the world, you know, in terms of internationally what's watched. But the thing about Champions League is you still have to play group stage games. Like PSG and Barcelona and Real Madrid all still have to play group stage games against teams, you know, uh, like Napoli, right, from, from Italy. They have to play teams from Portugal. So they have to play teams from different countries before they can get into the knockout rounds, before they get those bigger games, you know, with the, the big brands played, before you get Manchester City, you know, against Barcelona in the Champions League final, like you have to make it there first. And also, you are playing your in-league uh, in competition as well, too, right? So Manchester City has to play Brighton and has to play Wolverhampton. And those games are still big, and they're big for Wolverhampton when they get to play City at home. That's why, like, that, that's basically the equivalent of Purdue gets to host Ohio State. And, hey, it's not like Purdue doesn't win those games ever, right? Ohio State has pretty good records against everybody they play, but, like, Purdue's beaten them at, at times. And they beat them pretty badly a few years ago, too. So it's not like these games, like, yeah, sometimes they're uncompetitive. Sometimes, yeah, like, the Ohio State wins most of the time. But I think it's still, you have to think about, you need to mix, like, you need Purdue, Ohio State. Because you need Ohio State, Michigan to be special. Like, you don't get to 12-0 and by playing Michigan 11 times, right? You don't get 12-0. and You're going to be 9-3. and You're going to be 10-2. and You're going to be 8-4. and And that's the one thing about it is, like, it's going to look more NFL the problem is, is like the the college does not have the built-in year-over-year stars. What makes Patrick Mahomes such a massive superstar is yet how good he is, but also he's what year number eight, so seven, eight with the, with the Chiefs now coming up next. You can't be in college for eight. Well, some guys are, but you can't be in college for eight years, right? And so, like we think about the big stars who come across, you know, college football, Johnny Manziel and Tim Tebow and Cam Newton. Like those guys have to develop into stars, and so that's what makes them such massive figures. And you can't develop stars and make television ratings off stars the same way in college you can off pro. So you can't bank on Jags, Chiefs, the way they can. Or, look, let's be honest, guys, it's crazy. In the NFL, Bills, Buffalo, Buffalo, New York, and Kansas City do massive ratings because they've got two-star quarterbacks. Those are not massive markets. So it's because of those stars which college can't develop. Like, you have to think about it like that, too. In terms of strategy, you kind of need the crap in the middle to build up the big records and give you those big clashes and make them special. Josh, uh, when it comes to the Big 12, I mean, I think we all are, are realistic about their place. They're the third, fourth best conference in any given year. There's a clear gap that's developed with the the Super 2 uh, and the the rest of the, the leagues out there. Um, but with this 5 and 7, it pretty much you know establishes there's going to be at least one Big 12 team in the fray every year that'll have a crack at it. And then depending on you know what the future looks like beyond 26, uh, maybe you're looking at a couple of teams guaranteed every year. But from a Big 12 perspective, how do you view the changes as good news, bad news um, in the middle when it comes to the uh, expansion of a playoff? It's good news because you have a guaranteed, basically guaranteed seat at the table. Um, and, you know, I think sometimes, too, I think about the Baylor-Oklahoma State year. Like, if you go back and you look at those two teams' records and you, you look at how the championship game was decided, it's pretty hard to argue that, that both those teams shouldn't be in, right? So I yeah. think, you know, like you're going to have years like that. Um, and then last year, too, is a good example. You know, not the Texas year, but the K-State TCU year is a good case because, look, K-State's your automatic qualifier in that situation. And then also TCU is going to make it in that situation, too. And you know, they end up being a top four or five team or top four team at the end of the year. Um, but then they would definitely still be in as an at-large, albeit. But so th- that's good. The one drawback is this. 
Uh, one Big 12 team has won a college football playoff game. It was TCU. They did beat Michigan one this past year. Uh, they got dog walked by Georgia in the championship game. And now a Big 12 team, at the bare minimum, to make a championship game is going to have to win two CFP games, which has never happened before. And then sometimes they're going to have to win three games to you know even get to a championship game. Don't like your chances, right? right? You're yeah. really going to have have to have some, I mean, it's going to have to be a gangbusters group. It's really going to have to be a special, special group to get the job done. And, and even, you know, I would, I would argue that a Texas team like this year, just with the way they were built was built to be a team that, you know, if you were to extend the playoff out, I like the way that team stacks up just because it's built from the guts out. I like teams like that and the ability to compete a week in and week out. A team like TCU last year is not obviously as we saw it, not built to compete week in and week out with top level teams just because you know the trenches were not their strongest area. And so that's 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 gonna be a huge level of emphasis, man. But can these teams build strong interiors, win at those positions uh that really define how championship games are often won. And we saw this year, you know, Michigan, Alabama playing a high level, you know, trench warfare game. Like Washington had a bunch of old dudes up front which really really helped them a lot and a decent enough defensive line. And a quarterback so, yeah, and obviously, obviously, yeah, and obviously that's, that's a big winning position, right? And, you know, that, that's, that's – but, but here's the thing is we've seen teams with good quarterback play before go Oklahoma, you know, with all the quarter, quarterbacks and it never really mattered. Washington was good enough at those positions to help supplement them and get them to where they were. It's just going to be really hard for a Big 12 team to build a winner like that. And we've got great coaches in this league, and we've got really good players and good talent developers, but your talent has to come into a certain level on campus to, to kind of compete and win and – as we've seen things like the blue chip ratio from 24 seven sports, the big 12 does not recruit at that level. No, um, they don't like, they're going to have to, to uh, the big 12 is really going to have to crush it in the transfer portal. It's got to go all in on any given year, like build up and everybody's like, all right, 2026, we're going all in on NIL. Get all rate, all the conference. Missouri, uh, Missouri, Ole Miss essentially. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like, those teams for next year. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's talk a little basketball, Josh. Uh, you got Houston and Baylor uh, tomorrow, which should be a really, really good game, or you'd hope it w- would be a really good game. Houston has a way of making games that you think are going to be excellent, not good, um, because they just play so damn hard uh, all the time. But, uh, you know, you've got uh, – you know, Texas and Kansas, which is Texas's uh, last trip for the foreseeable future uh, into the fog. Uh, so mm-hmm. uh, maybe not the best, like, top to bottom weekend because there's a lot of, you know, like West Virginia and Iowa State. You know, Iowa State should win that one. Tech on the road at UCF should be a tough place to play, but UCF's kind of fallen off. But uh, those bookended games there, the, the first one and the last one, uh, should be pretty darn good. Yeah, so the the Baylor game, um, I'm so excited for this. I mean, Houston, and I said this last week, and some people got mad at me about it, but like they just value every possession, and they're basically going to ask the referees to call it. I mean, I was watching them against Texas, and they beat the brakes off them physically. I mean, just everything, you know, every entry feed that's near the baseline is a double team. Every dribble drive is a hand check. And the thing that they do pretty well for the most part is they, they do not overextend in help situations. They have really good individual guard defense. And so you don't see guys coming over with lazy swipes. You don't see guys doing that off the ball. Um, and they've got two guards in LJ Cryer and also Jamal Shedd and also I mean, Darren Williams shot the 
wrapped out of the ball this year, too. And, and honestly, Curl, Curl Wall just shot the hell out of the ball, too. Uh, not Curl Wall, no, but uh, Darren Williams shot the hell out of the ball. I'm, I'm talking about Texas Tech players all of a sudden. Uh, the two guys, Cryer and um, uh, Shed, have shot the hell out of the ball this year. And then those two guys who led the way in Shed, I mean, they're better point guards, but he is like this unbelievable two-way player. He is. He might be the best two-way point guard in the entire country. I love Dwan Harris, but Dwan Harris is not aggressive enough, I think, to, to get that distinction. So there is no better two-way guard in the Big 12, and I think in all of college basketball than Jamal Shedd. And I love the way Houston is physically. I mean, this the fact that you can get this many guys, Kelvin Sampson, to play that way, like there's really no weak link on defense. It's, yeah. it's, it's crazy. Dwan Harris is one of the most befuddling players to me I've ever seen. Is He is exactly what you want on defense – distributing the ball and he's a good scorer but for whatever reason he does not like to do that you know he just doesn't shoot enough and they really need him to and bill self tells him to but he just it's just not kind of his thing it's very strange it's funny because you i go back to that kentucky game the first game of the year i think it's the first or second game whatever it was this year and you go and you look at his performance that he had third game he was 7 for 12, 5 of 6 from 3, 4 of 5 from the line. He had 23 points. And I think he had, let's see, 7 assists too. And when you play a Kentucky team that's got Reeves and Shepard and Dillingham, like he knew he had to bring it at that spot. And so it's like, why can't you do that more often? Now, here's the thing. They won a bunch of games this year. But you kind of wonder why you can't do that more often. Also, but I will also say, too, man, it's hard when you've got a team that is so reliant on five guys Mm-hmm. And honestly, he's he's the director of everything. So like, he's actually got to consider how much energy he's expending because the minute and all those guys do because their minute totals are ridiculously high. Those got to be those have to be the best condition players in the country. And you, you look at the percentages of their their bench scoring. You know, their starters like the highest scoring percentage in the country for starters. Their bench is not good at all. Losing Ontario Morris killed them. Marco Jackson's not very good. Nicholas Timberlake, I think I could play a better defense than he does. He's been terrible on defense, especially in that Baylor game. So they're really good. I love their. I love uh, McCullough. I love uh, um, KJ. I love KJ Adams. Dickinson to me, you know, like he's a walking double double, but I don't think he's actually that good. There's a reason why he's not in the NBA yet. Um, but like their five is good. Furphy, Furphy's been a revelation. He's, he might be end up being one and done. But beyond that, they just don't have very much. And so while they're good now, I'm wondering how they handle this last stretch here because they might be just dog-tired by the end of the season. And I, I think it might be another early exit for KU. Even though I feel like their top level is really good, they can just be dragged down because they can get pretty tired in games, and there's not a whole lot of guys they can turn to off the bench um, you know, in certain situations. Josh Neighbors, Big 12 Watch. Josh, I uh, it so enjoy our time together. Um Every time we have you on, always bringing the heat. I know is it like maybe a little bit sentimental and maybe you're uncomfortable now, but I don't care. I want the world to know how much we have fun when you're on the show. Uh, I've been re- uh, today, guys, I turned 27 today, so I've been very you know, kind of reflective about uh, well, how I my taxes. Oh. I did my taxes as well today, which is like, that also is reflective in a different way. It's like, oh. You know, and not in a, not a positive way. But I was like, hey, you know, it was, it was great to join the, the join you all this year, uh, and I always have fun on Fridays when I get to talk with you guys. Josh Neighbors, Big Twelve Watch, the birthday boy. Go ahead and have a steak, Josh, with uh, hopefully pizza. an We're impending pizza. massive tax refund. So, yes, let's hope so. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's Josh Neighbors, Big Twelve Watch.
This has been a Rogue Media Network production.